Good evening and welcome to today's podcast brought to you by Equine Devil's Advocate. I know, back so soon. Well, I hope you all had a really nice weekend. Now, the weather today was somewhat deceptive. This morning, I thought, it's not too bad for February. Not good enough for nudity, but actually not too cold and some sunshine. But then it deteriorated rapidly. It poured with rain and actually got quite chilly, quite winter-esque. And I always find, particularly for myself, it's always the fingertips and the nose that succumb to that wintry feeling first. So I promise I will try my level best not to sniff while I'm talking. I do actually have a tissue. Now, for today's podcast, we are zipping back in the timeline, back to the time of Tamashanta and quadrille riding. Tamashanta, of course, was my lovely grey pony, stroke small horse, that really can't jump and teaches me nothing about riding. There's a little overview for you. So, this is one of those times when, in our horsey journey, all seems to be going swimmingly, yet somewhere along the line, one gets thrown a curved ball. A curved ball by somebody who intently wants to be encouraging and supportive. That person that comes out of the woodwork. It has to be said, this really is a crazy, exhilarating, inspiring, disappointing, confidence-building, soul-destroying world that we like to partake in. Also, it's another example of where opinions, constructive and positive, can also be so very wrong. So back to the story. We, at this point in time, are our little team of four, or rather eight, if you count the riders. We had Justin and Sam, Tasha and Spot, Melanie and Mary, and of course, myself and Tam. Now, this inspirational person decided that we should build a new routine for an upcoming event. We are now, at this point in time, yes, working as one, as a unit. We have, through all our hard work, perfected our synchronicity with these four ponies. And Father is now back in his study, revamping the music with his wooden spoon baton. So, our intention is to vamp it up. Yes, vamp up our routine with some deftly clever movements. Yes, such as flying changes across the diagonal. Well, actually, perhaps just one. Let's not get ahead of ourselves and too carried away. But certainly some collected canter, extended canter and medium trot. Sounds good, does it not? 
on paper, at least. But whom? Which of these ponies has a natural affinity for which of these movements? And which pony needs to learn something completely new? Now, here's another fascinating fact that I think we all know: when we and our ponies or horses are familiar, calm, clear, and confident with something that we are doing. All is well, all is going swimmingly, and then one day we decide to change it, and consequently, chaos ensues. Now I don't remember who exactly it was that suggested such an advancement in our quadrille routine, but initially we thought it was so exciting. And it would, of course, be fantastic, and of course we can do it. But that then begged the question: Who is going to teach us? Well, enter Captain Adam. I'm not actually sure, also, if that was his real name, but that is what we were to call him. Terribly excited, we waited in the school. For his arrival, now Captain Adam was a cavalry officer, and it was very, very kind of him to give us his time once a week. Mirror shine, polished boots, complete with spurs, khaki cavalry breeches, and a bamboo cane under his left armpit, he strode into the centre. Of our indoor school. Now then, he said, in a loud, authoritative voice, "Let's have a look at you and your ponies, one at a time. Walk, trot, canter." Goodness, it was that sort of authority that made you feel either instant success or doomed to failure. What we also didn't know at this point was that he was a man of few words, and this was probably the longest sentence he was going to speak the whole hour. So, but of course, at this point, not being deterred and still very excited, off we went one at a time to be assessed in walk, in trot, and in canter. We did it as though our lives depended on it. It was so important to us to give a really good account of ourselves. Now, as for Captain Adam, not a word did he say, as he watched each of the four ponies. Not one whiff of what he was thinking. Nothing, just absolute silence. So, when we'd finished, we lined up again and we looked at each other. Did anyone know? Had we done well? Had we ridden correctly? Not a clue from Captain Adam. Then he spoke. Right, 
Let's lick you into shape," he exclaimed. "Ay, ay, ay! What does that mean? Well, we were about to find out." A brief explanation was: it was starting with regulating our paces. We had, of course, four different ponies. All of which, at this point, under the eagle eye of Captain Adam, had to walk, keeping exactly the same distance apart from each other at all times. Ah, sounds easy, you think? Well, let me tell you, it's not. You see, we thought we'd already been through this process and actually cracked it. Seemingly. Captain Adam thought otherwise. Now, there was of course Mary with her little quick steps. They were to be bigger and slower. Justin's cobby active steps were to be slower, without jogging. Spot was to be more forward in front of the leg, and mine, or Tam's rather, were to be. The regulator. Did that mean that our walk was actually good? I didn't know, but as regulator, first I had to go in front and regulate the walk. I couldn't see Mary behind me, but I could hear. Mary took slower and bigger steps to mean stop. Justin promptly. Stomped forward and into her bottom, which caused her to squeal, which made Spot stop dead in his tracks. He was avoiding this confrontation at all costs and chose to keep a much greater distance. He was also sporting a very suspicious look at the two of them while he did it. Captain Adam was not perhaps best pleased. And in, in his authoritative voice, said merely one word: "Reassemble." And so we did, many, many times, and then many more times, until perhaps, although we really weren't sure, everything had become acceptable. Maybe it was, we thought, but we still weren't entirely sure. In due course, we moved on. We moved on to the trot, with the explicit instruction: assemble. And now it seemed that perhaps our trot work was actually perhaps acceptable, until came the next instruction, which was to extend our trots to medium trot. Now, Spot had no clue what that meant. Now, nor did I. My first thought was, "Well, how?" Melanie thought she'd give it a go and gave Mary a swift kick. So, consequently, Mary set off in this speedy trot, her little legs going like pistons. Justin, rather having enjoyed being up her bottom. Um, and annoying her, bombed forward into a big cobby canter to catch her up, 
and away they went, the pair of them. It appeared that we as a team were now rapidly falling apart. Our hard and synchronicity had just gone right out of the window. Our ponies had lost the plot and so had we. The voice of Captain Adam brought us back to reality. Reassemble. He then added, to our surprise, you can't make an omelette without breaking eggs. This left me somewhat bemused and confused. I thought to myself, I don't really want to make an omelette. I want to know how to do this extended medium lengthening thing, whatever it is. I looked cautiously across at Melanie. She also just shook her head and shrugged her shoulders. She clearly had no real clue either. Now, Captain Adam, clearly a man of authority, said, assemble once again and pointed us to the centre of the school. He then issued yet another full sentence. This pony, he pointed with his bamboo cane towards Justin, can extend. I would like you to all observe. Oh, great. Now we've got some instruction. Now we're going to learn how to do it. Anyway, Sam was sent to the bottom of the long side at the end of the school. Trot on, he was told. Coming out of the next short side onto the opposite long side. Finally, a clear instruction, a riding instruction from Captain Adam. Keep your contact, leg on, shoulders back, and then with one smart thwack of his bamboo cane against his mirror shine boots, Justin flew down the long side in a huge trot. Sam, caught by surprise, was grimacing, his shoulders back, his chin stuck out, as though battling against some kind of G-force. Well, wow, my goodness, that was impressive. But could he actually stop? Well, in fact, no. Justin was off. He had a newfound freedom in this discovering of this extended pace. Sam stuck in there like his new body alignment of G-force and was bobbling about like a nodding dog in a cart on a dirt road. Wobble, 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 wobble. Until another instruction from Captain Adam. That'll do, he said. And, of course, poor Sam was either deaf at this point or found no constructive advice in this instruction and completed several more laps of the school in this astounding new trot that he'd found. Finally, he gained control and came back to the centre of the school to assemble. Tasha, Melanie and I, we all looked at each other and thought probably pretty much the same thing. 
My pony can't do that. Well, who would be next? Hmm. It was me. Oi, oi, oi. My lovely Tam, always in such a nice frame, always balanced and very obedient. We were dispatched to the long side of the school, and instructed into trot, into our lovely. Rhythmical, easy to sit to trot. We came out of the corner, on the short side, as had Justin, and I heard the voice of Captain Adam. Contact, shoulders back, leg on. I did what I thought he said, and nothing happened. Nothing, no change. My trot was exactly the same. I tried again on the next long side. Nothing, nothing happens. No change. Oh, God! Now I'm lost and alone in this world of trot. This world of unchanged trot. What on earth could I do? It's just not working. Nothing's happening. I heard the thwack of the bamboo against his boot, but no. Nothing, no change. My pony did not care about thwacking bamboo and boots. I now felt like a person falling off the back of a motorbike or something. I couldn't get my shoulders any further back or my leg on any more. Oh, God, what to do? I cannot tell you the relief when I finally heard him say, "That'll do." And I came to assemble in the middle of the school once more. My undeniable need for some more specific tutelage from Captain Adam was forthcoming, and it went something like this: It's all very well sitting nicely up there and everything looking very pretty, but you need to ride. The pony. Oh, my God! It's that gremlin! It's that pippin gremlin again! It's back! Yikes! I thought I was riding the pony. I said to myself. Now I was more bemused and confused than ever before. What exactly does that mean? Thankfully. For me, his attention was very brief, and without the need for more words, he looked to Melanie and to Mary and pointed to the far end of the school. It was her turn, and so off they went into Mary's natural little quick pony paces, in the same format, the same minimal. Authoritative instruction, and accompanied, of course, by a loud bamboo thwack, Mary got quicker and quicker and quicker. Then, suddenly, as though her legs had found another gear, she went a little bit wider behind, and she did it. She extended, toe pointing, daisy cutting, neat. Strides all the way down the long side. Melanie 
found her rhythm, and they looked stunning together. She could also stop when instructed to do so. God, it was hard to know whether to feel inspired or more personally doomed. So then, of course, there was only Tasha and Spot left. Tasha was blessed by a full sentence of advice from Captain Adam. This pony needs to be in front of the leg, so go rising. He pointed. She went. She began in rising trot. Leg on, he said. More leg, more rising. Tasha rose for all she was worth, as though her life depended upon it, as though there were a fire on her saddle, and as though her butt were alight each time she sat in it. She went up, 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 up. Her shoulders back. Her legs working each stride. Spot responded to this by not responding, by taking absolutely no notice of this new frantic activity of his rider. She worked and rose harder and harder, breathless and red-cheeked, but to no avail. Until saved by the bell. The hour hand on the clock called time, as did Captain Adam. Literally, in one authoritative word, time. He tapped his wristwatch. Exhausted, Tasha assembled, back in the centre, and Captain Adam finished this session with a statement. Three p.m. next week, promptly. He tucked his bamboo cane under his left armpit, and in military style ex- exited our indoor school. My thoughts were, what more? Again, really, and only a week to recover, only a week to go from sitting up here looking pretty to riding my pony. But how? What? Does that mean? And also now, our team was disassembled. We were in chaos. We had two ponies that could, one beautifully, the other without brakes, and two clearly that couldn't. Our walk was, well, probably not acceptable, and we hadn't even got as far as the canter yet. What on earth were we going to do in a week? In fact, the omelette is looking more like broken eggs on the floor. So, on that note, please do join us again here at Equine Devil's Advocate on this coming Friday, and of course, do let us know of your experiences with. Riding instructions, good, bad, or both. Choose your page. Hot stuff, bemused and confused. Biscuit, crystal clear, and queer. Bemused, confused, crystal clear, 
and vice versa. This, of course, is in no way a criticism of the instructor. It is really more about the effect on the recipient. So, what sort of recipient are you? And of course, don't forget you can leave your comments on Facebook, Podbean, and、um, listening availability is iTunes and Spotify. So, whichever you prefer. So, until Friday, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, please do take care, and we will, of course, speak soon.